Hey, Jam and Jen, everyone. This is Clément from Comet, and today I'm with Avril uh, from Neutron. Hey, Avril, uh, how's it going? Going pretty well, actually. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Um, so, uh, could you please uh, introduce yourself? Yeah, for sure. So, um, Avril, I'm a um, you know core contributor to the Neutron network. I'm also the CEO and founder of Hadron Labs, the company that developed a significant part of the Neutron's software. Um, yeah, that's the gist of it. Okay, uh, pretty short answer. So um, uh, it will be the. I mean, this, the 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 next one will be short too. Um, I usually start the podcast with a, a pretty simple question. Could you sell me uh, your company? In this case, could you sell me Neutron in thirty seconds? Yeah, for sure. Um, Neutron is the most secure crossing smart contracting platform. So if you want to, you know, build a DeFi application and launch it on, you know, like launch it once and expand to dozens of blockchains, um, then that's what Neutron allows you to do and to do securely. Okay. Um, so could you provide an overview of the Cosmos ecosystem and highlight uh, its unique features compared to Ethereum? So why you're working on Cosmos rather than, I mean, Ethereum? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think the, um, the main difference between um, Cosmos and Ethereum is that um, in, in Cosmos, the, like, the fundamental idea is like sovereignty and horizontal scaling. So, you know, Ethereum provides you with this like massive one world, like world computer sort of like stack whereby everybody can deploy on the same um, virtual machine and therefore, you know, um, have like synchronous composability, um, strong network effects and such, but also strong trade-offs whereby if you're building an application that requires like low level access, for example, you want to run you know, oracles into like a, at the consensus level, or you want to, you know, have your validators perform specific actions. Like for example, you know, um, match orders in an order book like DYDX is doing now. Um, you will not, never be able to do that um, at the Ethereum layer because, you know, even if you proposed and developed the tech to do so, um, doing so would be perceived as, you know, trying to overload Ethereum's consensus and it would be dangerous for the health of the network as a whole. And so, you know, Cosmos, on the other hand, allows you to basically, you know, build and deploy a blockchain that is specifically designed for your application. And what that gives you is the ability to really um, customize the stack from top to bottom to what exactly your, your application wants to do to optimize for performance, UX, and, um, and, and all of these things. And the sort of like emerging property of having control over the entire stack um, is sovereignty, right? So if you're um, community is faced with a dilemma. It's able to, you know, um, basically edit, like choose the fork based on what it values or privileges um, directly, right? It, it is not subservient to a superset of a community that include, like, you know, that includes your, your application. Um, concretely speaking, what that means is that Cosmos, as opposed to Ethereum, is not one virtual machine. It's an ecosystem of numerous blockchains that are sovereign highly customized 
but are still able to interoperate very closely with each other using a protocol called IBC, which is a bridging primitive, but it's a trust, well, you know, um, it, it's, it's a trust minimized bridging um, technology that leverages light clients, e.g. Um, on both sides of the channels between two chains, e.g. each chain verifies the state and the messages that it gets from the other blockchain to ensure that they're valid um, and that they, they should indeed be executed. And so what that does is it creates this ecosystem of applications that are distributed but connect together pretty pretty closely, right? Now, where Nushan fits into this is, um, well, you have this sort of like Cambrian explosion of different like designs and pretty advanced like DEXs and money markets and, and other primitives that uh, have been born using the stack and this like high degree of customizability. Um, it does increase the degree of fragmentation uh, as for liquidity, for communities, user base and, and stuff. Um, and because you're building an entire blockchain for your application, it also has a higher cost per application deployed than if you were just you know, launching a smart contract on Ethereum. And so what we've seen is that while these technologies have been you know, tremendously powerful, there's, um, um, there has been a gradual move towards them, but still that has been slowed down basically by some of these challenges like liquidity fragmentation, you know, overhead and, and such. And so, you know, Neutron's kind of like vision is that like, you can create an ecosystem that allows um, one applications from all across Cosmos on their own blockchains to basically come to this sort of like unified central market where they can find their like a larger user base to bring to their application without you know the friction of crushing interactions because Neutron provides the tools to automate these functions, right? It abstracts away the crushing complexity um, from the user level to the infrastructure layer. Um, and two, for applications, it allows you, if you're not, you know, if you don't have the resources or don't want to start by building your own blockchain, you can still benefit from Cosmos's technologies by basically launching on Neutron as a smart contract and then expanding your application's reach um, to any other IBC connected blockchain so that your application is able to leverage a bigger market overall, as well as, you know, all of the features that the various blockchains around Cosmos kind of like um, offer, basically. Okay. Uh, well, well, thank you very much for, for, for this answer. Um, actually, you're the, um, I mean, it's pretty new for me to, to have uh, people uh, talking about Cosmos on, on this show. Uh, you, you are the second one, honestly. Uh, the first one was Maria Gomez, um, who's working at the Intelligent Foundation. Uh, and, and so that's purely like reflects on, on the audience. Um, I mean, I'm quite, I mean, I'm a rookie in the Cosmos universe. So that's, that's why uh, there, there will be like all these questions. And it might be really like uh, low level entry for, for some people, but for others, uh, it might be like, uh, I mean, really, really useful. Um, how does it Because easy questions means that I get to LARP and pretend I'm like super smart. In reality, I'm really not. But but you know, if I can help provide context on this ecosystem that's like very different from you know a, a number of other ecosystems, then I'll consider this a success. So let's let's go. <laughs> How does uh, Neutron contrib contribute uh, to the goal of scalability within the ecosystem? Uh, sorry, ecosystem. That's an interesting question. So, you know, Ethereum has come to this vision of vertical scalability by, um, you know, like scaling through rollups, right? So we have the system that is like 
tremendously decentralized and secure, but is not super performant. And so we're going to create new systems that derive their security from the underlying system um, and that they can, you know, they can make different trade-offs um, so that they are very performant, but still inherit some of the good properties of Ethereum, right? Um, and so this, this has been like super exciting to watch unfold. Um, it, it does have limitations though in, you know, um, like the bridges themselves are pretty, you know, who governs the bridges, are they upgradable, all of this, how do you connect rollups together, um, and, and, you know, a number of other challenges. Cosmos from, you know, the get-go, um, you know, multiple years ago, um, opted for a different route of scaling, where it basically um, went the, the, the route of saying, anytime new block space is required, we just create new block space. Your application, when it launches, will create the block space that it needs to run, basically, right? So there's no competition for resources, right? So, you know, scaling as in scarcity of block space and congestions and IPs doesn't really exist in Cosmos. That, that's not a thing, basically. Every blockchain, like every application comes with the block, the block space that it needs to run, basically. Um, and so scaling is not really an issue in this regard, but um, there are, like, I would say like two sort of like challenges for scaling in Cosmos. The first one is like scaling applications and user bases um, because, you know, because you have this kind of like very fragmented ecosystem that is like connected by these bridges, you have very distinct sort of like pools of liquidity and distinct communities and bridging these together to basically, you know, create the critical mass that um, enables like the next levels of growth has been something that has been challenging. So, um, you know, Neutron kind of like um, our, our thesis is like, really trying to bridge these communities and these applications together and in this blockchain together so that we can actually um, achieve so, like achieve that objective of like reaching critical mass, having like a, a strong enough market to motivate, um, you know, new net new builders and, and, and users to come in and, um, and, and join the economy. So that, that's number one. Number two, um, there is also um, a, like a fairly recent development um, in the ecosystem, which is called, um, uh, which is a Technology called replicated security, which which launched um, launched this year on the Cosmos Sum, and replicated security is one of the first uh, implementation of shared security in in the industry. What it does is it allows the oldest, most valuable first chain in the ecosystem, the Cosmos Hub, to um, lend its security and its validator set, like so, its validator set and its um, atom at stake to other blockchains basically, right? So instead of launching with your own validator set and trying to bootstrap the market cap of your proof of stake um, token in order to achieve security eventually, um, you can launch with the full security of the Cosmos Hub, it's full decentralization from block one basically. Um, and Neutron is the first chain that leverages this, um, this technology basically. It's now met like joined by Stride, a liquid staking app chain which has also um, you know, launched, well, migrated to this technology and is now also being secured by the Cosmos Hub. Um, and this technology particularly is very interesting because it creates very deep um, you know, political and economical alignment between the Cosmos Hub community and blockchain and the consumer chain networks or like Neutron and Stride in this, um, in this case currently. Um, but it does have one limitation, which is that because all validators are forced into validating these new chains and because there's a mismatch between the instant additional infrastructure cost created by running an additional node for that, for that new blockchain that the validators now validate um, and the time where the rewards are accrued, which is you know, when the consumer chain becomes like very successful and start generating a meaningful amount of value to be shared with the Cosmos Hub and its validators, there's a bit of a kind of like financial pressure 
that prevents this technology from being rapidly scaled to securing, you know, like hundreds of different blockchains, right? And so Neutron, in, in, in a way, helps this technology scale in um, by basically bringing vertical scaling to that technology, e.g. the hub can select very promising like blockchain projects and provide security to them in exchange for, you know, like some, some kind of an agreement, whether it's like revenue share tokens or or whatever the communities agree, uh, agree on, like through governance. Um, but Neutron allows you to basically launch an unlimited number of applications on the security of the Cosmos Hub by enabling you to launch like smart contracts on, on Neutron, right? In the future, we can bring this even like one step further by enabling wallups to settle onto Neutron and therefore inherit the you know the censorship resistance and the uh, the security of the Cosmos Hub as well. Okay, so oh, well, thank you very much. But I mean, you already answered the question I was going to ask about the replicated security on uh, on Cosmos. Um, so uh, how does um, this replicated security improve this? I mean, the security and the functionality of the, the hub and the consumer chain like Neutron, uh, I mean, in, in simple words. Yeah, for sure. Um, so from the hub's perspective, the hub is a very, is a blockchain that has uh, been historically extremely minimal for a reason, which is that um, the hub was always seen as this like stable anchor in the middle of the ecosystem um, that is like the most um, you know like secure stable um, reliable blockchain basically and replicated security essentially allows the hub to monetize this security and stability right um, it allows it to provide it to other projects um, to allow them to basically avoid the boot like the the cold star problem of bootstrapping your validator set and and staked assets to achieve security which you need to achieve you know successful applications so there's a bit of a chicken chicken and egg problem of the bootstrapping prop phase that you get to entirely skip by working with the hub um, through replicated security and in exchange for doing so the cosmos hub is able to you know monetize the service bring the most um you know the most promising projects into very like very close alignment so that you know atom it's a native asset can find new markets where it can be used, find more utility, um, extra. And so that, that's from the hub's perspective. From the consumer chain's perspective, you know, it allows you to like skip this bootstrapping phase. And it also allows you to like align very closely with this kind of like flagship of the ecosystem, which has, you know, through through its like historical existence, amassed like a number of integrations with like centralized exchanges, custodians, what have you. Um, and 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 also achieve like fairly wide distribution of the token and fairly large mind share basically um, in the industry, so that you know that helps your your project hopefully um, you know achieve more credibility basically you know having the stamp of approval of the Cosmos Hub basically um, probably probably you know helps like bolster your your initial like your, your network's initial traction. Um, and so, you know, you have this like very close or like alignment that is like mutually beneficial essentially. So that, that's kind of like the, the frame of reference for replicated security. Okay. Um, so I'd like to talk about something new. Um, I mean, that, that I mean, it's pretty new to, to the Cosmos ecosystem and, and you, you help launch it is the um, liquid stack, uh, liquid uh, yeah, stack bits on, on, uh, on Cosmos. 
Um, can, can you walk us through the, the, this partnership with Axelor and Lido DAO to bring uh, rap stack it to, to the Cosmos ecosystem? Yeah, for sure. So uh, as I mentioned previously, right, like the Cosmos is one of the most active ecosystems from the perspective of like developer activity. Um, but unfortunately, it's not one of the best capitalized or most liquid DeFi markets yet. And that sort of like discrepancy has made it very difficult for some of the very, very successful, like very, very attractive and well-designed applications to actually reach that sort of like critical mass that allows them to like really grow, expand, and, and, and achieve mindshare. And so as a result of this, um, to, you know, to, to ensure that the ecosystem continues to grow and develop as it should, um, we need to, as a community, right, as, a, as an ecosystem, focus on making sure that we're creating the right market, bringing enough liquidity, activity, users, um, so that, you know, there is an actual functional economy in there. And so, you know, from the Cosmos perspective, this, this collaboration basically goes into this direction, right? It's the idea that we're going to work together with other ecosystems to basically achieve a win-win situation whereby, on the one hand, Cosmos gets um, you know, increased mindshare, it gets increased liquidity as well, which helps sort of like bolster its local economy. And on the other hand, like, um, you know, stakeholder um, get to secure the Ethereum network, get to earn rewards from this, but also get to potentially earn additional rewards, um, like from incentives or from just like deeper utilization from Cosmos and for the Lido protocol itself, it, it means like a, a larger market that can now be, uh, be you know, like expanded um, through essentially. And so this, this kind of like cross domain collaboration that we think is, you know, is going to be um, a, a significant part of like the, the industry over the next few years. I think, you know, due to the sort of like different premises, but, but similar objectives that Cosmos and Ethereum um, have historically had, we've seen this like massive technological di divergence. And now we're seeing that both ecosystems are confronted to each other's problems. And so they're sort of like converging again towards, you know, like um, on like on a crushing infrastructure, on um, governance, on like scalability, on all of these issues, basically, you start seeing cross pollination basically between these two ecosystems. And so, you know, materializing this by also economic relationships was something that we thought was, was interesting. And from the the point of view of uh, someone using like only like EVM chains, L2, something like that, I mean, what, what's the benefits of having like some liquid stake it on Cosmos? Uh, I mean, they, we I can use only like uh, Arbitrum, Optimism, um, Polygon, DKVM, ZK Sync, uh, all, all these chains to, I mean, do some some yield farming and stuff like that. Some old, old traditional DeFi uh, rather than bridging to to Cosmos. What's the the, the main perks of having it on, on Cosmos? Well, there's two things. First, there's local demand to bootstrap these assets, basically, and so due to that fact, there will be local use cases, but because it's likely that there will be um, kind of like a mismatch between the, the sort of like demand for the asset and the supply of the asset in the ecosystem, it's likely that there will be attractive opportunities for earning rewards and such, right? So as a, um, you know, as, as a uh, Rapsi Keith holder, um, you might be interested in joining that economy because you are interested in Cosmos as a whole, um, or simply because there are attractive opportunities and you're seeking to maximize, you know, like your, your, your own return, basically. Um, and both of these are, are valid. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's 
like one of the difference between like I guess the, the most significant like difference between you know what we all find between um, you know deploying your raster team in Cosmos and deploying it in uh, Arbitrum is that um, on Arbitrum, Optimism, and other L2s, um, you'll find applications that are built on generalized stratums, basically, right? And so the, the stacks that they run on are not optimized for their specific function, whereby in Cosmos, you can actually experience this, right? So for example, if you want to use DYDX, the new upcoming version, um, that will be in Cosmos. And so bridging through that, that bridge that we recently launched and deploying your, your assets into DYDX um, is, is going to be something that you will have an incentive to do because, you know, like DYDX is a unique product and it's made even better by the fact that they were able to like increase performance and such by having their own infrastructure. And so if you want to do that, that would be in Cosmos. Sure. Okay. Um, and on a technical uh, level, um, what, what, what challenge, uh, I mean, more, maybe plural, uh, what challenges uh, did you face uh, in like working on, on this bridge between Cosmos and Ethereum uh, for uh, Liquid Eat? I think there's two two main challenges. Like the first one is obviously like bridges are so like the the you know like historically the most vulnerable parts of protocols, and so yeah. ensuring that, you know the right security um, procedures at least are, are 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 in place to ensure that these assets are are safe was like um, a very important part of a lot of the work that was done. The other one was really coordination, um, like. IBC as a bridge protocol works in such a way whereby the asset that you get on the other side of, a, of an IBC bridge is path dependent. E.g., if you bridge from chain A to chain B, the uh, asset that you get on chain B is um, going to be the asset of the first blockchain, but encoded with the path that it took to reach your blockchain. And so if you transfer the same asset through another path, these two assets won't be fungible. And so because there was Fairly strong demand for the asset in Cosmos. Multiple projects wanted to bridge it, but without coordination, that would have resulted in outcomes whereby, you know, each chain would have had a different non-fungible version of Rapstay Teeth, which would have made the user experience um, a lot more complicated and potentially also hindered the security of the uh, of the asset itself. And so, what we've worked towards designing is an initial system that achieves. Um, a few objectives. The first one is that um, it, you know, like the the initial bridge provider, XLR, is um, one of the two bridges that were um, accepted by the Uniswap, um, you know, like um, due diligence report, essentially as a service provider for the um, Uniswap DAO, basically, and they've done very very deep due diligence. Um, this initiative also included fairly deep due diligence into the, the implementation and, for example, included requirements like removing the previous admin multisig, which has now been deprecated in favor of like a, a fully governance controlled um, upgrade mechanism. Um, and so, you know, like basically security was a very, very important part of the uh, of the analysis. The second one was um, ensuring that the bridge itself can evolve over time to fit Lido's long-term bridging vision um, without, you know, having to basically create economical debt um, by basically, you know, having one denomination and then changing the bridge and therefore having a new denomination and having to migrate all of the liquidity throughout the ecosystem, right? So what the current bridge solution has is this like bridge provider, Axelar, that 
um, routes its asset into a wrapper contract. That wrapper contract is a very like very simple, very small art that actually face contract that simply accepts the bridge denomination and converts it to actual web state teeth system so that all of the integrations can be made with this specific version. Now, what will happen in the future is that you know better systems will be um, will be implemented for this bridge. For example, the next step, um, which um, you know is is likely to involve like both Axelar at Wormhole and potentially other bridges, is to basically develop a solution that aggregates the signatures of multiple bridges before minting or redeeming Rapsdate teeth. Right, so that if one bridge provider is exploited or um, you know fails. Um, the the bridge itself the assets are not compromised anymore because you know the the bridges are only relaying a signature not funds basically um, not, so like that, not like multi-chain not like multi-chain so you mentioned several times jytx um what, what kind of uh impact do you foresee uh the addition of uh um, lido eat uh having on the liquidity uh, within the cosmos ecosystem I think it's likely to be fairly, um, fairly significant, um, and I think it also like it, it is also like a, so like a, a strong signal um, between like of both the directionality of the ecosystem, but also the alignment between so like the leading projects in the, the Ethereum ecosystem and um, in the Cosmos ecosystem, right? So like uh, those are sort of like the two, the two top of minds of like benefits from from this entire endeavor. And so you you worked on, on you worked on on the, the on this bridge. Uh, I mean, yeah, this bridge between Ethereum and, and Cosmos. Um, you work on the uh, Lido perspective. Um, could could we see in the near future some more uh, liquid stake eats uh, coming to Cosmos? Uh, I mean, more assets coming to Cosmos. Um, more assets, but I mean more uh, liquid staked eats, uh, like from Rocket Pool, um, Frax eats. Uh, is it something like we can see coming near? Well, I think yeah. there's two, there's two considerations. Um, the first one is that you know Lido is by far, like Lido staked ETH is by far the largest like it's staked ETH one asset. third, one third yeah. of the total supply. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like it is. You know, by far the most appealing asset, and the, the 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 in that it is the asset that has the most demand for in Cosmos, and that's one of the reasons that justify this whole endeavor. Um, it's definitely like it's entirely possible that we'll see other. In fact, you know, Axelor already bridged um, Rocket like uh, Rocket Pool ETH, um, maybe even CD ETH and a few others, and so we might see you know pools between these two like stable swaps being being set up. That would be an interesting development. Now I'm not aware of any teams for like you know uh, like shepherding the move to bring these assets um, differently than just like you know selecting a bridge provider and just bringing yeah. bridging the asset. Um, so yeah, it's entirely possible that we'll see them, but I'm not sure that it will be um, like as much of a kind of like constructed initiative to bring them. Okay, well uh, thank you very much. Um... We are going to answer the, the, the second part of this podcast, which is the yay or nay question. So like drink, take a take a deep breath. Uh, everything will be all right. So um, I will remember the, uh, I mean, uh, 
give back the 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 the, 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 the game uh, the, the rules of the game thank you very much um so you have 11th question one joker uh it's yes or no if you don't want to answer one question you can use your joker um and, and yeah at the end you can have like 10 answers and there is one uh, bonus uh, answer um so when you're ready let me know let's go let's do it uh, first question, do you see Cosmos overtake Ethereum in the future? Um, yes and no. Ah, no. This is not an answer. Well, <laughs> you can elaborate if you want. What do you mean by overtake? Uh, so let's say no, in that I don't think that you know Cosmos will become um, like larger than Ethereum by Ethereum's metric. I don't think that, like, I mean, actually, it really depends, like, technically, depending on how you define Cosmos, like Binance chain is Cosmos, actually. They use the Cosmos stack. So by yeah. some definition, like Cosmos is already pretty, you know, pretty freaking large. Now, you know, is one single Cosmos chain going to be as large as Ethereum? No, I don't think so. Is Cosmos going to replace Ethereum? I don't think so either. I think like both of these ecosystems will basically like get closer and closer together so that Ethereum becomes like the largest most decentralized, most um, you know, secure hub in uh, probably also the one that secures the most value in DeFi in the industry. It will remain in this like leading position, but then I think it will basically Ethereum itself will be part of the Cosmos ecosystem in that it will be able to interoperate with all of the other Cosmos chains basically. Um, so that, that's why the answer was tricky. <laughs> um, do you think uh, that crypto is more complex today than 10 years ago? Is it more complex today than it is than it was? Um, yes. Uh, are NFTs uh, overrated JPEGs? PFP ones, yes. Don't you think there are too many different blockchains? Like every no. okay. Uh, is growth more important than than security? No. Do you think people working in this industry really understand what they are doing or building? No. <laughs> uh, with nearly 33% of all liquid stake it's uh, circulating, do you think Lido makes Ethereum really decentralized? I think with a Lido, Ethereum would likely be on the, on the brink of death right now, um, death by centralization. So on the contrary, I think Lido largely contributed to making Ethereum um, still as decentralized as it is today. Okay. Um, is proof of stake superior consensus mechanism uh, compared to proof of work? I don't think so. I don't like. I don't think it is a superior. I think it's different. It has different trade-offs. Um, they are vulnerable to different types of attacks. They have different like consequences on the economies. They both have centralized, like centralizing forces that you know have been mitigated somewhat but are we're not completely there yet like staking pools are and mining pools are, are fairly tricky to deal with so no i i think they're complementary actually um there's a project in cosmos doing something that i think is some like fairly interesting which is um, it's called babylon and what they do is like they checkpoint proof of stake chains onto the, Bit the bitcoin network so that you basically can avoid some of the um attack vectors that proof of stake is vulnerable to, but that proof of work resists, right? So that in the event of a fork due to an attack, 
um, there would be sort of like an objective external element that the social consensus of a blockchain could basically use to um, you know, resume the, the chain, well, continue the, the chain on the canonical, like on the, the right fork, basically, to pick the right fork. Okay. Um, do you consider DeFi to be riskier than traditional finance? It certainly is more volatile. Um, it is a lot less gated. Um, the information can be sparse and not always ultra deep and accurate. So yeah, it's like, yes and no, basically. I think, it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, okay, I'll say, I'll say yes for now, but also okay. you wouldn't be able to access traditional finance. So, you know. <laughs> um, do you think uh, that despite the promise of decentralization, DeFi is still dominated by centralized entities? Hmm. Um, a lot less so than in traditional finance, but I, <laughs> I agree that there's probably a lot of work to be to be done still. Yeah, I don't think we're at the end game of decentralization yet. Okay, so I will take that for yeah. Um, looking at the and this is the the last very last question. Looking at the recurring breaches in audited protocols, uh, do you think that even blockchain's promise of transparency and immutability may be overestimated? Um, no. Okay. Congrats. You passed the test. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. Um, will you be uh, will you be representing Neutron at the Cosmosverse uh, events in in uh, Istanbul? Yeah, I'll be there. Um, there will be a number of folks from Hadron Labs there. So you know, like uh, our our company that that did quite a lot of work on on Neutron. Um, there will be, I think, other DAO members. I think the Neutron Grants Program folks and GP will be there as well. Um, so you know, like. There, there'll be a fair fair amount of like neutron representation there, I guess. Okay. Well, thank you very much, uh, Avril. Thank you for your time and thank you for joining the podcast. Wish you the best and uh, yeah, uh, hope to to have you on the on an upcoming episode. Yeah, for sure. Hope that was useful. Hope that was interesting to everybody. Thank you for having me on, Camel. Ah, oh, chills. Literal chills.